huge show today. We're going to break down everything that's going on with Bidenflation now hitting 8.5%. We're also going to get into what we think Elon Musk's true plan is for control of Twitter, if he chooses to do it. But before we do, talk about some stuff that's going on with TPUSA. The Young Women's Leadership Summit is coming up. It is June 2nd to 4th, Dallas, Texas. Go to tpusa.com slash YWLS and use promo code POSO for a great discount on your tickets there. Dallas, June 2nd to 4th, tpusa.com slash YWLS. Next, Socialism Sucks Season 2, Episode 2 just dropped. I love this title. China, the world's loan shark, and how we are being societally reordered into the palm of their hands forever. They're a loan shark to the entire world. And you've got a breakdown for me all talking about the One Belt, One Road initiative and China's agenda for world domination. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Bidenflation hits 8.5% in March, the highest in over 40 years. Next, BBC is out defending the Shanghai terror lockdowns. That's kind of interesting. We'll talk about that. Third, Elon Musk. What is his true plan for control of Twitter? We think we have an insider on that. And then finally, a new lockdown study is out showing that blue states actually did worse during the pandemic. All of this and more ahead, powered by Turning Point USA, Human Events Daily. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. And we expect a large difference between core and headline inflation reflecting the global disruptions in energy and food markets. So core infl- inflation doesn't include energy and food prices. Uh, headline inflation does. And of course, we know that core inflation, you know, energy, the impact of energy, of course, on oil prices, gas prices, we expect that to uh, continue to reflect what we've seen uh, the increases be over the course of this invasion. U.S. inflation reported up to 8.5 percent, the highest in 40 years, the highest since the 70s and 80s. And if that's the number that they're admitting, you can only imagine what the actual number is. Now, how does this affect you? How does this affect Americans? How does this affect workers? Your food, your energy costs are going through the roof. We've been talking about it for so long here, but this administration has no plan whatsoever in sight. What's their plan? You asked them, we heard it yesterday from Saki. Their plan is to blame Vladimir Putin for their own policies. He's fighting a war in Ukraine. That has nothing to do with the United States, other than the fact that it is obviously a U.S. and Western proxy war against Russia. I mean, they're just kind of overtly doing that at this point. You used to have this, um, you know, veneer of, of covert action about it when it was Afghanistan and Charlie Wilson and all that. Now it's just kind of kind of out in the open. But when it comes to this administration, when it comes to the money printing, here's my TED talk on this. You can't keep printing infinite money and handing it out to your buddies at BlackRock and not expect massive inflation in prices 
for working class people and working class families. You're going to be crushed by this administration, and they're going to keep doing it. The dollars keep rolling off the money printer. And keep in mind that it's all electronic now. They don't even actually have to print these dollars in many of these cases. They just go and say, oh, we're just we're taking more on. We're taking more on to the Fed's balance sheet. We're taking more on. Ron Paul was exactly right when it came to the Fed and when it came to inflation. He was exactly right. Inflation is a tax and it is the most evil of taxes because it taxes the money that you already have in your bank account. So every time you get paid, every time you get a paycheck, you might see the same numbers, but the value of those dollars is going down week after week after week while we're in a period of economic decline. It's called stagflation, ladies and gentlemen. You may have heard that one, stagflation. And this is by our own design, by the way. Now, the entire mainstream media is running out there right now, and you're seeing little pockets of people actually telling the truth and admitting that these numbers were skyrocketing long before any Russians ever crossed the border from Crimea into into, uh, Ukraine. But no, 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 no. They're saying that it's based on Vladimir Putin. We know what it's based on. When the king is handing out the gold, the high lords closest to the throne benefit at the expense of the peasants furthest away. And guess what we are? We're the peasants. We're the people who don't benefit from the money printing. The money printing goes to BlackRock, and they get to use it to enforce these ESGs, which Peter Thiel called out as completely evil recently. He's right about that. What's going on is very clear. It's a scam. It's always been a scam. They don't care about you. They don't care about your prices going up. Klaus Schwab in Davos, coming up in just a couple of weeks, Switzerland. He calls it the Great Reset. How's the Great Reset working out for you? How's the Great Reset working out for your family? I guess because it's Lent this year, President Biden just announced that all Americans will be giving up driving, grocery shopping, and spending money in general. It's Bidenflation. Call it what it is. We've known from the start that's what's happening. We've talked about that, the Cotillion effect. The French understood this for hundreds of years. The same way, by the way, that they don't use mail-in ballots and they use voter ID in France. We are in a crisis of our own making, and we are the only ones who can pull ourselves out of it. We just saw Disney's response to the anti-grooming bill down in Florida. And almost every day, another major corporation is going woke. They're tormenting their employees with this propaganda. They're funding organizations who seem to hate this country, traditional values, families, and the Constitution. Well, that's why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. Patriot Mobile offers the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. So if you get the same great service plus the peace of mind that your money is going to people who support free speech, life and liberty, not to people who hate you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100 percent U.S. based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. 
Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. They really do put their money where their mouth is. They give a lot of donations to a lot of great causes in the conservative space. So go to patriotmobile.com slash poso or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with promo code POSO. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the switch today. It is time to support companies that love America, love you, and share your values. Remember, stop giving money to people who hate you. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Yeah, well, Shanghai has one of the largest, oldest urban populations. There's about 4 million people over the age of 60, and about 50 percent of the people over the age of uh, 80 in Shanghai haven't had two or more doses of vaccine. If you look countrywide in China, 52 million people over the age of 60 have not been vaccinated at all. Only about 50 percent of those over the age of 60 have been boosted. So their vaccination rates are low. And the, the problem is that they these lockdowns that we're seeing in China, which are true lockdowns, I mean, these are brutal lockdowns, seem to be the ends in and of themselves. They're not using these kinds of mitigation measures or any of the mitigation that they've deployed over the last few years to try to buy themselves time to get immunity to that population through vaccination. Their vaccination rates actually are quite low, particularly among older individuals. So the, the mitigation seems to be the ends in and of themselves, and they haven't used that time uh, wisely. So you heard, of course, the wonderful Scott Gottlieb there talking about how important it is to keep these lockdowns in completely in place in Shanghai. The terror lockdowns where 26 million people are being starved out. Women, children, fathers, grandparents, the elderly, doesn't matter. And they're saying, oh, well, we're going to let certain places open in little phases to keep you going, to give you just a little glimpse of hope before we lock you down again. Keep in mind, by the way, that they're doing all of this because of Omicron. They're doing all of it over the Omicron variant, which we already know is not the harshest variant. So sorry about that. By the way, you don't have to worry about feeding your dog anymore because we killed him with a shovel while you were sent to the quarantine camps. That's the CCP for you. That's how the CCP is treating the people, the Lao Beijing of Shanghai. A city where, look, I lived in Shanghai for two years. That city was the place where I learned Chinese, where I went to school. Um, There's decent people there. There's hardworking people. Biggest city in the country, one of the biggest cities in the world, certainly the wealthiest city in China, in mainland China. And the way those people are being treated is not what they deserve. They did nothing to deserve this. They've turned the entire city into an open prison camp for tens of millions of people. And then you got people like this epidemiologist, Dr. Feigl Dung, and he goes over to BBC, and what did he write? What did he say? China's zero zero COVID policy is in our interest. Shanghai is entering its third week in a strict lockdown as part of China's battle to contain its biggest COVID-19 outbreak since coronavirus was discovered. Discovered in Wuhan. I love that. I love the BBC. Just discovered. Just discovered in Wuhan. No, no, you know, nothing else was going on in Wuhan. Dr. Eric Feigl-Dung says, China's zero COVID policy is at a tipping point. If they don't control COVID, it could kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions. That could actually break down the core social contract and the world's global supply chain. It's in our interest. It's in our interest that China succeeds in controlling this. Controlling Omicron. 
a variant that we know is not as deadly and is not as serious as Delta or the original Alpha strain, the Wuhan strain, whatever it was that leaked out of that lab. Yeah, that's right. I said it leaked out of the lab because of what the CCP was up. So keep in mind, these aren't just lockdowns. This is a cover up. It's a cover up because they're not telling you what went on in the lab. They're not bringing the receipts. Now, I was on War Room yesterday and uh, Bannon and I were talking about this and Bannon said, what's going on? How does this affect? How do these lockdowns affect Xi Jinping coming up? at the National Party Congress, because he knew that a couple of months ago, I laid down my marker in Newsweek, in the op-ed, where I said, Xi Jinping has got this thing locked up. The factions will not be able to take him out. And so Bannon was challenging me on that. He said, well, hold on, hold on. What about these lockdowns? They're so unpopular. You've got mass rioting. You've got all this. Guys, this is the CCP we're talking about. They don't care what the Lao Beijing say. They don't care if they have to starve out tens of millions of people in an open prison camp where they're screaming from the top of their lungs every night, jumping off of buildings because they can't live while their pets are being murdered in the street with shovels for their health. Military from the PLA marching up and down the street with long rifles to prevent anyone from coming out. That's the CCP. They don't care. They don't care at all. They will cart you off to the camps and kill your pets. And here's the thing. The only thing they could do at this point, and I laid this out because I, I knew people would ask this question. They said, why don't they drop the receipts on Wuhan? Why don't they drop this out, lay it at the feet of Xi Jinping, and use that to knock him out of power? Because you do have these factions bang. By the way, one of the biggest factions against Xi Jinping is the Shanghai faction. Well, it's as simple as this. They're not going to give up the ship. Sure, the CCP could do that, but they would lose the regime. They would lose the mandate of heaven if they admitted they were involved in the creation of whatever it is that leaked out of that lab. They would lose the mandate of heaven that would trigger the cycle of dynastic decline and a new dynasty would be erected in its place. It's not going to happen. You tweet a lot. I, I use my tweets to express myself. <laughs> Some oh people use God. their hair. I use Twitter. <laughs> well, but you use your tweeting to, to kind of get back at critics. Rarely. You, have, you kind of have little wars with the press. Twitter is a war zone. If somebody's going to jump in the war zone, it's like, okay, you're in the arena. Let's go. What can I say? I agree with Elon Musk on this one. Twitter is the arena. You jump in and you are going to war. All right, that's what Twitter is. That's the public square of the modern era. That is exactly what the public square is for. And so what's Elon Musk's final plan with Twitter? Because we saw earlier, all right, back it up a little bit. We saw before he buys just under 10% of the company itself, of the shares of the company, the outstanding shares. But then they offer him a seat on the board while he's criticizing their practices of censorship. So he turns around and suddenly they say he's not going on the board. So they gave him a deal. They said he was going to go on the board. Then they say he's not going on the board. He hasn't really said anything about this. But there was this sort of cryptic statement 
in a Twitter CEO Parag's uh, statement on this whole thing where he said distractions will be coming soon to Twitter. And it's a sort of statement to employees. And then Post Millennial had the article, Twitter employees were granted a day of rest after getting super stressed about Elon Musk coming on and taking over part of the company, which is, I mean, that's just hilarious, obviously. These people are just, they're, they're soft. They're, they're so soft. They also, I mean, these are the same people, by the way, that will not take the masks off, right? You could tell them it's not mandatory. You could tell them there's nothing going on. You could point to all the studies. They will not take the masks off. There are these people, by the way, when you're going around in the grocery store, and if you walk down an aisle, right, unmasked, two of them will look at you and they'll scurry away, right? These, this is the level of people we're talking about. So what's Elon Musk's plan for Twitter? Well, I actually think that it's a good thing he didn't go on the board. And a lot of people were saying, oh, this is great. He's going to come in. He's going to clean up the place. But I said, you know what? If he goes on the board, I don't think he's going to be able to accomplish his mission. He's not going to be able to accomplish his goals. Because you get put on the board, that's getting put on the bench. That's having people be able to tell you, okay, you're just on the team now. You're one voice in the room, in the room, in the deal. All right. But you're only one vote on the board now. And the board, at the end of the day, doesn't really set policy at the granular level. And that's what he's trying to do. They don't change direction of the entire company. So he wouldn't have the ability to oust the CEO. He wouldn't have the ability to oust any of the C-suite or any of the stuff that he's trying to do. Plus, they wanted him to submit to a background check. And I probably don't think Elon Musk wants to go through a background check. And then number two, they said he had to cap his ownership of the company at 15%. Or it's just a little bit more than what he has now. He's not going to do that. He doesn't want the cap. He wants the influence. And so the potential is now set up for a hostile takeover of Twitter, or at least the threat of a hostile takeover of Twitter, if they do not change their wayward ways. So he can actually accomplish his goal just by threatening a hostile takeover of Twitter. It's actually kind of amazing. So we'll see. Does Twitter shape up? And if so, does he stay out? The funny thing, though, by the way, when he announced that he wasn't going to be going on the board, Twitter shares went down, which means he can then pick them up at a fire sale on a discount. Could be a masterstroke. But as I say with all things concerning Elon Musk, I'll believe it when I see it. Right? I'll believe it when I see it. He always talks a big game, right? Biggest game in town always comes from Elon Musk. Show me the receipts. Show me that you're putting points on the board. And he definitely did that with Twitter. And I'm not denying that. I'm not taking anything out about that. But when it come, but a couple of days after that, I got suspended on Twitter. I got locked out for 12 hours over something that turned out to be a complete lie and essentially calling Disney a bunch of groomers. I said, boycott groomers. Don't go there because they're groomers. Don't give them your money. Don't give money to people who hate you, as I say here every day. So that happened right after that. And a lot of people were tagging Elon. So the question becomes, Mr. Musk, are you going to step up? And not just for people like me, but for all the little people who get censored day in, day out on that platform. They want to use, they like the platform, but they want it to go back to being the place that it used to be. But the idea that we're going to see an uptick, I think people need to appreciate that that's the case and follow the CDC guidelines because remember, 
when the metrics were put forth, the new metrics, looking at the guidance of masking, it was said that if we do start seeing an uptick, particularly of hospitalizations, we may need to revert back to being more careful and having more utilizations of masks indoor. But right now, we're watching it very, very carefully, and there is concern that it's going up, but hopefully we're not gonna see increased severity. So a massive new study has just come out all about the lockdowns. You remember those things. We've got terror lockdowns going on right now in Shanghai. But huge lockdown study was done by the National Bureau of Economic and Research to unleash prosperity. And they said shutting down during the pandemic was by far the biggest mistake that governors and state officials made to judge states on their economy, education and mortality and compiled a comprehensive list of showing how they now stand as the coronavirus dies down. The bombshell study comes amid fears coronavirus restrictions may be phased back in as cases of the virus creep up with Philadelphia already bringing back the indoor mask mandate only a month after uh, after raising it. The worst states in the nation. Let's go through this. Wow, look at that. New York, Pennsylvania, California, Illinois, the bluest of the blue state, New Jersey, the bluest of the blue states actually did worst when it came to this. And certainly, of course, this also took place in terms of the big cities. And I've been telling you, I've been saying, by the way, for a long time, get out of cities. I might not have to start saying get far out of cities because the violence of the cities is spilling over into the suburbs. By the way, we also just saw, speaking of city violence, um, minutes before we went to record this uh, episode today, it looked like there was some kind of mass shooting. They're talking about unexploded bombs at a subway station in Brooklyn. Again, get out of cities. We'll cover that story more tomorrow when we get the details as they develop. But going back to the study, harsh lockdowns caused huge death rates, ruined kids' education, and destroyed business. New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois all received an F grade for these governors. And of course, as we know, Governor Cuomo of New York is already gone. The lieutenant governor of New York, by the way, the new lieutenant governor, was just arrested earlier today for campaign finance fraud and potentially bribery. So another story that we'll probably be getting into, right? These states, of course, were ridiculous when it came to these lockdown policies. The state's Democrat governors, according to Daily Mail, those state's Democrat governors' policies caused high death rates, high death rates, ruined the education of children, destroyed businesses due to severe curbs on freedom, F minus grade. Nine out of the 10 worst responses to the pandemic were in blue states, with only Republican-run Maryland bucking that trend and coming seventh last. Keep in mind, though, that uh, Larry Hogan, yes, he's a Republican, but no, not exactly the most conservative guy out there. He was an extreme, extreme proponent of lockdown. So I'd be very careful when you consider a Maryland Republican. Uh, Florida, however, on the list, fared sixth overall. So one of the biggest states in the country also did the best. Governor Ron DeSantis, who, of course, was condemned in the early days of the pandemic for what critics claimed was a reckless desire to reopen too quickly. Uh, also praised by analysts were Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana and South Dakota. And keep in mind, the National Bureau of Economic Research, this is not one of those partisan paid for by the industry kind of things. These are pretty serious guys. This is an independent think tank. They actually do look into this stuff from an independent basis. That's where they came down. And that's it for us here, Human Events Daily for today. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with just one 
only one, just one, of your normal friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? Bidenflation, 8.5%, the highest in over 40 years. Higher, by the way, than anything that happened during the war on terror. So don't tell me this is something to do with Vladimir Putin. Next, the BBC defending the Shanghai terror lockdowns. We talked about Elon Musk's true plan for control of Twitter. Hopefully he does it. And finally, a lockdown study showing that blue states did far worse during the pandemic. Before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today, all the way back 61 years ago, Yuri Gagarin became the very first human being to travel into space. Congratulations on that, Yuri. Congratulations on progressing the human race forward. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.